And good evening. It is Wednesday, June the 29th, 2022. I am James Byerton in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we are coming on the air tonight with a live edition of the Carolina Weather Group talking about five new earthquakes in South Carolina today, June the 29th. If you're joining us right now on Facebook, on YouTube, and across our platforms, in the comments, let us know where you are and whether or not you felt this earthquake. We've had about 40 earthquakes since late December through the present time in South Carolina. We have the latest information from the USGS. Let's show you first what we're talking about, and then we'll begin to digest the uh, information that we have available to us. The latest earthquake coming just two hours ago. The latest number is now a 3.6 magnitude earthquake. And like so many of the earthquakes, this one coming out of Elgin, South Carolina. This is just to the northeast of the city of Columbia, not too far away from Fort Jackson. If you're watching on any of our video platforms right now, you can see this on your screen here. The city of Elgin, not far from Lugoff, where we've also had some other uh, earthquake activity in recent months. We'll talk about that in just a moment. This here again is that earthquake from about the seven o'clock hour tonight, a 3.6 magnitude earthquake. And you can just see what reports the USGS has already collected with regards to individuals like you at home, letting them know that they felt it. And of course, this was being felt across the Columbia metro area, but reports as far away as Augusta and Fort Gordon and Greenville Spartanburg and up into portions of the Western North Carolina mountains and even in the city of Charlotte, Myrtle Beach, coming in with a few reports from the seven o'clock hour as well. Earlier in the day, we had a 3.5 magnitude earthquake, same location here, just to the north and east of Columbia. And you can see when we look at where that one was felt, again, of course, across portions of the Midlands and the Sandhills of South Carolina, as far away as portions of the North Georgia mountains. But this earthquake earlier in the day, even bringing in reports in Greensboro, Raleigh, Durham, and even near Asheville. Let's take a look at some of the comments that are coming in right now. We know a bunch of you felt this quake and some of the other quakes as well. We can see Scott watching with us tonight on Facebook. We've got somebody actually in Elgin who is uh, watching today's show. I remember uh, going through a big one in California storm here, writes uh, after experiencing what has been about 40 earthquakes coming out of the central portion of South Carolina again since December 27th. So you guys keep those comments coming. We'll be looking at more of them in just a few minutes, and we will be hearing from an expert explaining how the earthquakes in the South Carolina region works. We'll get to that tape in just a few minutes. This has been a very hectic day, a very busy day, and I have actually printed out some of the latest information from the USGS. I don't have it loaded up in the teleprompter or anything. I'm just going to read it along with you here. And uh, you guys can, of course, continue the conversation in the comments because we'll be getting new information as the evening has been going on. Now, this all started again on December 27th with a magnitude 3.3 magnitude earthquake and has been continuing since then. Uh, again, about 40 earthquakes ranging from a magnitude 1.3 to a magnitude 3.6. Uh, and that 3.6 coming today, the largest of the quakes. Uh, there have been about 40 of these, five of the earthquakes themselves, magnitude three or larger. And that's, of course, a pretty significant earthquake, especially for this part of the country. 
This is interesting. You'll hear this in the videotape in a few minutes, too. But shaking from the earthquakes in the eastern U.S. extends to greater distances from the epicenter than earthquakes of similar magnitudes in western states. And this is due to geographical and geological differences with the way that the east coast is made up. Some of you may remember that big earthquake that was felt all up and down the eastern seaboard from Virginia a couple of years ago. And by comparison, it was a smaller quake than some of the ones on the west coast. But because of the way the land is set up here, these earthquakes can actually be felt further away. And that's why the USGS is saying that some of these earthquakes, over 3,000 people from across the Carolinas, and as you saw on the map of beyond, reporting that they have felt some of these quakes. The earthquakes are not uncommon in this area, but what is uncommon is how many of them have happened in such a short period of time. This again, according to the USGS. Now, this was a question of mine that I had, and I'm glad that they bring it up here in their briefing. They say that it is extremely rare for earthquakes like these to be foreshocks to a much larger earthquake. A lot of folks are familiar with aftershocks, where you have a big earthquake and then smaller ones rippling beyond that. And then there's also these, this, this concept of foreshocks, where you'll have preview shocks. What the USGS is saying is they do not believe that the earthquakes that have been experienced over the past six months are any sort of foreshocks. They, they don't believe that is the case. Now, a couple other regional earthquakes, a uh, brief history lesson here for you to really kind of nail home the point that earthquakes can happen in South Carolina. Of course, the difference being how many of them are happening, and that's the unusual place. So we've had a magnitude 4.8 magnitude earthquake in the year 1913 in Union County, South Carolina. That was one of the largest. Of course, the largest is that magnitude 7 that was recorded in 1886 in Charleston, South Carolina. That was obviously a huge and devastating earthquake felt all along the Carolinas, including where I am here in Charlotte. Now, there are a couple of areas of interest associated with this sequence of earthquakes that has been happening around the Elgin area over the past six months. The USGS does mention the Monticello Reservoir. Uh, they say that there have been earthquakes in that area since the 1970s, but none of the earthquakes that they've observed so far, the 40 uh, so since the beginning of the year, uh, have anything to do with the reservoir themselves. And they also do point out that there are no oil or gas operations in the area. So they don't believe that is influencing these earthquakes at all. The last time we had an earthquake greater than a magnitude four was in 2014 in McCormick County, South Carolina. So if you're just joining us again, we are tracking five new earthquakes in the state of South Carolina today. The largest being about a magnitude 3.6 that came in at about the 7 o'clock hour here, Elgin, just to the north and to the east of Columbia, South Carolina. Lots of you chiming in in the comments today, and we do appreciate those comments, uh, and we appreciate you joining us and letting us know uh, what it was that you felt, including this comment uh, from Janice, who said, it was felt in Red Bank. Now, the Carolina Weather Group is, as you hopefully know, if you're here with us tonight, a weekly weather show dedicated to covering science, weather, technology, and more across the Carolinas. And we've been going for 400 plus episodes strong. Well, in the year 2016, we spoke to an associate professor at the College of Charleston. His name is Stephen Jomay. He is still there. He studies earthquakes, and we had him on the show. Uh, to talk a little bit about the earthquakes, how they happen here in the Carolinas. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, resurface this tape now and uh, rejoin that conversation again from about the year 2016. But you can you can hear him explain information that's still very relevant to the earthquake sequence that has been happening in the Carolinas this year, including emphasis on how the land masses 
uh, and the geological differences here on the East Coast allow comparatively smaller magnitude earthquakes to rumble and transmit further. Take a listen. The topic is Earthquakes 101, and with us uh, we have from the College of Charleston, Dr. Jamais. Um, he is here, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Steve Jamais. Um, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, so I'm uh, used to tropical weather. You know, it's fairly similar here in, uh, here in Charleston. Um, I actually started off hoping to be a petroleum geologist. It's often the dream of young geologists in Louisiana. Uh, turned out not to be and uh, eventually got into earthquakes. Um, and after, well, if one is a geologist, you wind up seeing the planet. So after a couple of stints, including working in Australia for a few years, I wandered up here uh, on the faculty at the College of Charleston, and I'm basically mostly studying the earthquakes and earthquake hazards in the Charleston area. As far as activity, seismic activity in the southeast region, what, tell us a little bit about that. I know we have a fault line in Somerville. We have another one in Savannah. Um, tell us what, what sort of activities we have, and then what, what are we looking at for what's under the ground, what's causing these? Well, actually, and we in South Carolina, we do have pretty much earthquakes everywhere in the state. Um, they're mostly concentrated under Somerville, but they actually occur other places. Um, I was actually uh, preparing a presentation on that, sort of earthquakes in the low country, and they've been reasonable sized ones. There was one in uh, 2002 off the coast, about magnitude four and a half. Uh, there was something uh, further inland towards Orangeburg, kind of also in the magnitude four range back in the 70s. Plus, and then you have this real cluster under Somerville, which is where the center of the big 1886 earthquake is. So uh, there's not just one fault. Um, actually, does anybody, do you remember the uh, Valentine's Day earthquake from like two years ago? Yeah, 2014. It was up near yeah. Edgeville, South Carolina. Yeah. I think that was 4.1 or something. Yeah, that was, um, that, felt, that was felt over a lot of the state. Yeah, that was felt in, well into Georgia. Yeah, since it was close, close to the border there. So we actually do have earthquake activity throughout the state of South Carolina. It's just more concentrated here. Um, one thing, you know, learning as a geologist and learning about the history of the Earth, you realize everywhere on the planet at one time or another was on a plate boundary like California is now. So everywhere has faults. The question is, do the conditions exist at this particular time that they keep moving? Right, so what? And if, so our mystery here in, in the Charleston area is not so much that we have a fault moving, but why is this one moving? Versus, um, I don't know of anyone in any movement down by Savannah, so I'm not sure where you got that from. Uh, but you know, what? Why here? Why not in Savannah? Why not up the coast in Myrtle Beach? You know, why is it concentrated here? Is more the question now, as opposed to being somewhere else. And that's um, that that. Works for here in Charleston. Uh, people heard about the Central Mississippi Valley earthquakes. Yeah, the New Madrid fault. Yeah, the New Madrid fault. Why there? Why in the middle of the country too? You know, why why are certain places hot spots away from a plate boundary, so out, out away from California, and others are not? Um, and then you have what like I said, call them a warm spot instead of a hot spot. Central Virginia, the earthquake in 2011. Right, that was a known area of earthquakes, not as active as either New Madrid out in the central center of the country, not as active as Charleston, but it popped up the biggest 
one in the recent history happened to be in that area. So that's kind of our, our mystery is why, why do some of these old faults reactivate in certain places away from plate boundaries but not others? And no one to my knowledge has a good answer for any of that. Does it have anything to do with bedrock, limestone, any any of these uh, deeper, no. harsh, harder layers? It's the deep. It's it's always in the deeper materials, generally below the um, limestone and things like that. Um, the only um, correlation that some people have made uh, places where the crust formerly split apart. So, in case here in Oregon, uh, here in Oregon, here in South Carolina, I used to live in Oregon too. <laughs> Um, the basically Africa separated from us to create the Atlantic Ocean off the South Carolina coast. So we, we know when that plate boundary occurred, we had a rifting event. Um, in the New Madrid area, um, there was, they call it a failed rift. So North America started to split in half down the line of the Mississippi River, but it didn't get finished. So those two fit an idea. There are these old rifts, we call them, old, old places where continents started splitting apart now have concentrations of earthquakes. Problem is, the central Virginia ones don't fit that. So that knocks that idea out as being a general explanation uh, for these things. Now, you started to mention um, uh, how, like, we're in the middle of the plate, yeah. nowhere near a plate boundary like California. How, like, in the nature of our earthquakes versus um, Californian earthquakes, how much difference is there, or is it just earthquakes or earthquakes? Um, there's not. There's there is a little bit of difference uh, in the earthquakes. Um, what we generally find um, in we call in, we call South Carolina and the Central U.S. intraplate. So instead of being plate boundary, intra inside of a plate, we find there's one of the things that governs um, the uh, the energy release in earthquakes. Something we call a stress drop. For earthquakes here in the eastern U.S., central and eastern U.S., tend to be higher than they are in places like California. Uh, but basically it means the faults are stronger. It takes more energy to overcome the friction, so when they do finally let go, they've built up more stress, sort of per unit area of a fault that moves. So they release proportionally more energy for the size of the fault that moves. So that's one thing that makes them different. So in terms of the seismic waves, the you get more high-frequency seismic waves out of the earthquake, more high-frequency vibrations here in the east versus out west. Um, the se a second difference, which uh, and this is very important for the potential damage, um, the rock mass, the crust here in the central and eastern U.S. is generally harder and colder, so it transmits the seismic waves more efficiently. So for the same magnitude earthquake, so and just to let you know, magnitude describes the amount of energy released at the epicenter or on the fault that the earth that actually moves during the earthquake. As that energy travels through the earth, it gets gradually absorbed as it travels through the different rock formations. If you have very strong solid cold rock here in the east, it transmits very far without losing energy. You go out west where things are warmer and more broken up because they have more faults that are moving all the time, it gets absorbed more quickly. So for the same magnitude, the damage potential here in the eastern U.S. is much larger than it is in the western U.S. And 
I don't have that figure, and I, I'm not actually sure how to share it anyway. I might be able to find it and send it to someone um, to show it. Um, a colleague of mine uh, looked at two earthquakes, the Virginia earthquake I was talking about earlier, and a similar sized California earthquake in 2004, and mapped the area over which people reported feeling the earthquake. Same magnitude, right, so the same energy release at the center, vastly different areas. So the, the Virginia earthquake, it was felt here in Charleston, it was up the east coast, pretty far inland. This one in California, same size, was never felt outside the state of California. And that's the degree to which the seismic waves are absorbed by the Earth. It varies from east to west. Does so that, that have anything to do with plasticity of the clays and loams along the Midlands? And uh, no, not, not really. This is deeper within the solid crust below that material. Um, that surface material um, can have a localized effect. We call that a site response. You can have a localized effect from the superficial materials, but it's the deeper stuff that governs sort of how far out things travel. You mentioned, uh, yeah. I was you mentioned that the earth, uh, you mentioned the earth in California was warmer than it is in the southeast. Yeah, um, I'm sure a lot of our viewers right now are wondering, does that have anything to do with the air temperature, or is that a different? Uh, no, we're, we're talking about no. We're talking about the heat flow from the center of the Earth. So, the Earth's internal heat radiating out. Um, when well, it's a combination of that. Um, uh, also, when you have a lot of faults moving, those that rock moving against each other creates friction. So some of it's literally frictional heating along these faults, combined with uh, you tend to have more volcanic you you, you have volcanic activity also out west. Um, as you're moving things around, you're giving more opportunities for volcanic volcanoes to form. So you're basically creating conditions where more heat is both being generated by the faults. It's also things get kind of get leaky, and the heat can escape better. Whereas when we're out in the colder material out here, it's a good, nice, solid cap on the Earth's interior heat and doesn't really let it through. All right, and that was a clip from a Carolina Weather Group episode we brought you back in 2016, still very relevant to the conversations we're having today as, once again, five new earthquakes observed today in the state of South Carolina. While that videotape was playing, new comments coming in, including from Lori, who's watching on Jared Smith's Charleston Weather Facebook page. Lori lives in West Columbia, which is not too far from the epicenter of these quakes in Elgin, and she said a picture fell off her fireplace during the 3.6 magnitude earthquake. She felt all three of them today matter of fact i think they were technically five uh shaking her house there uh she also describing and letting us know it's a brick house right because the the type of structure uh and where you are will determine whether or not you were able to feel uh some of those quakes today again recapping today's breaking news uh 3.6 magnitude earthquake uh, happening in elgin south carolina the largest of the earthquakes the strongest of the earthquakes since the earthquakes began just days after christmas uh, about six months ago the quake here being felt as far away as charlotte north carolina as far away as greenville spartanburg even into portions of georgia the northeast mountains uh, the augusta area Fort Gordon, down to Myrtle Beach along the coast, and an earlier 3.5 magnitude earthquake being felt in portions of Raleigh-Durham, 
and Greensboro, and actually up along the state line between North Carolina and Virginia. And as you just heard in that interview, all of that, uh, that, that spread, those tremors being felt far away from a 3.5, 3.6 magnitude earthquake because of the geological setup of the Carolinas. Uh, we will continue to monitor your comments and the situation as it continues and to play out in, in, in the South Carolina region, as it has been now for more than six months, uh, hitting home a couple of the USGS bullets. The shaking from these earthquakes are not believed to be any sort of foreshock or any sort of uh, preview or foreshadow of a larger quake to come. They will continue to monitor these earthquakes. The earthquakes in South Carolina, not unusual for the region, but unusual at the frequency at which they are occurring. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte. Appreciate you being with us for the special edition of the Carolina Weather Group. Uh, next week is the uh, holiday weekend. Uh, we're planning to be off next week and we'll bring you a best of edition of the Carolina Weather Group, unless of course uh, weather or otherwise dictates. We'll be continuing to monitor that. Uh, the good news is uh, the tropics don't seem to be a problem for us as we look ahead for the rest of the week. The tropics are certainly heating up as the National Weather Service Office in Greenville, Spartanburg tweeted today, but the potential systems won't be a direct impact to the weather in the Carolinas. Uh, as showers and thunderstorms expected to continue into next week during those hot afternoon days, and so be sure to practice weather safety as you maybe are making your way out to holiday weekend barbecues, firework show. Remember, folks, there's no such thing as heat lightning. If you see lightning in the distance, if you hear thunder, you're close enough to be struck by lightning and seek shelter inside. Again, uh, we appreciate you being with us. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte, North Carolina. This has been a special edition of the Carolina Weather Group. Have a good 4th of July holiday weekend. We will see you back here for an all-new edition of the Carolina Weather Group on Wednesday, July 13th, unless the weather dictates sooner. Have a good night.